Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des. Hey, hey, it's the world famous Josiah from Canada. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I am doing all right, Paul. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. So this is a bit of a long time coming. I wanted to have you on for a little while, but you um, you just got finished doing a big move. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I moved pretty much halfway across the country, pretty much, to, uh, and, from uh, New Brunswick to Ontario. And and the funny thing is that most people that aren't familiar with the geography of Canada would think, oh, you know what? Like you're on the east. You you just moved a couple provinces over, and Nova Scotia is a small province. Um, but you actually, that's quite the distance as, uh, yeah. as you found out. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, drove about 800 kilometers, uh, to get there. Uh, and they wow. were 800 back for the, my friend who, uh, drove, was very kind enough to drive me, uh, and to help me pack up my stuff. And we all went and, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got to take exception now. 800 kilometers is not, is not halfway across the country. No, it's not. Or, if I was in Nova Scotia, it would have been like twelve hundred. Right. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so oh, so you're in New Brunswick. So I got that wrong. I'm I'm so bad. Sorry. It's, it's I'm from uh, Nova Scotia originally, though. So. Okay. Okay. So that's where I got that from. Okay. So you you're from Nova Scotia. You're working in New Brunswick, and now you've moved to Ottawa. Yes. Correct. Yes. Okay. And uh, you're at, as you can see on the scroll on the bottom, at the Longfields Community Church. Yes. All yeah. oh, right. And, and you're the pastor there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is my first pastorate. I, I've been an accredited really? pastor within the uh, Canadian Baptist of Atlantic Canada for, I don't know, uh, seven, eight years, something like that. Uh, I So I'll, I'll just tell my story about how I ended up being Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm super interested. This is the main reason I wanted to have you on. Plus, so, you know, yeah. I like you. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I like you too. Uh, Thank you. So uh, the so um, I moved to Moncton, New Brunswick, in 2004. Just graduating high school at 18 years old, and I was um, I went to Atlantic Baptist University, uh, which is now Crandall University on the East Coast. Um, it's one of the that's the only English university in Moncton. So uh, although. The other school is, uh, well, they do have some English classes, uh, classes but they're uh, French. So uh, it gets a lot of students from a whole bunch of different backgrounds. It's just because it had Atlantic Baptist University in the name didn't mean it was specific to that. Uh, we, we would have people from all sorts of religious backgrounds or non-religious backgrounds showing up. Really? Um, uh, but uh, I was a bachelor of science major, and uh, it, I... That was my favorite subject in high school, uh, and I still love science. I, I love it. I, I read scientific journals and stuff like that. Uh, it just interests me. Um, but uh, I, I see, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and I was a Christian, and I still am, of course. Otherwise, I'd be so. a pastor. And uh, I... I decided probably about two months into the degree that I was going to switch my major to biblical studies because that was the stuff that was capturing me. And there's a, there's some interesting stories behind how that happened. But uh, regardless, I ended up ch uh, choosing to be going to biblical studies, and I thought, I'm going to pursue ministry. This is 
what I care about the most. It's what yeah. it's, it's it, like, it just really kind of captured me. Uh, it was not something I ever thought I would do. I'm an introvert. So it was the idea of talking in front of people was terrifying to me, uh, even though I did it in high school in front of people I knew my whole life <laughs> and I was terrified. So, um, I've gotten over that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have to. Yeah, it didn't, it actually didn't take long. Uh, it was uh, presentations actually as a part of my degree that helped me get over it. And then uh, just growing in confidence for my own speaking style and stuff like that. But uh, anyways, I studied there until 2008. Uh, I graduated with my Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies. And then I did a Master's of Divinity online through an American school. And uh, that was not a very good experience for a variety of reasons. Um, the school itself didn't treat me very well, but I'm not going to defame them right now publicly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it was, there was a, there's just some issues on their end that resulted in um, me having to pay them more money, even oh. though it was their fault. And so it was not a very pleasant experience in that regard. Uh, so I was dealing with the stress of that. Um, it got to the point where student loans, I had to submit a, f a formal complaint to student loans about it. Wow. And, and they signed it with me. But I still okay. had to pay the money to the school, but the student loans agreed that I was right. So oh. uh, that, that should just put it in that situation. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But uh, anyways, after that left me a little bit soured on academia with that. <laughs> And, uh, and because of where the school was located, um, my Baptist convention uh, in Atlanta, Canada, wouldn't recognize it as accredited, which I knew going in. Yeah. Uh, even though it was an accredited school, it just wasn't accredited in the, the accreditation that they recognize. Okay. So um, I, but I had to pay back the school. So I worked for three years at Sobeys while oh, wow. I was paying. So, uh, there I am just fresh off a master's degree working at Sobeys as a cashier for minimum wage. Wow. Slightly above it, but wow. Um, hey, you know what? It all had a purpose, right? Absolutely. And here's the yeah. thing. Uh, I actually look back on that very fondly that, that time working, working at Sobeys. I made a lot of good friends. Um, I got to like, because I'm a pastor, I got to talk to people about Jesus a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is like you had, you mentioned the fear of public speaking and now you're working in the public. So you're meeting yeah. like hundreds of people a day. So that probably yeah. helped with that too, right? Almost definitely. Although, uh, although by that point I was pretty much largely over it, but, okay. it's, but it did, but it did help me interact with people who, um, and not that I ever had trouble with it, but it did get me interacting with a lot of different people who believed differently than I did as well. Okay. Uh, so that really helped me navigate difficult conversations with people uh, about disagreements you might have, like uh, about faith. Like, you know, I was yeah. working with, I was working with Muslims. I was working with atheists. I was working with agnostics, you know, and that can lead to a lot of very interesting conversations. Uh, even, even other Christians that aren't Baptist. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Uh, that might be the worst, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
like that, that, oh man like i could i have stories <laughs> yeah well and and it'll be you know perfectly upfront i mean i'm as i'm sure you know and if you've watched the show more than once or twice you might have even heard like i'm i'm a christian as well and mm -hmm. i come from a pentecostal background so mm -hmm. i mean there's similarities to baptist but you know they're different as well for me personally like i you know i don't really care you know what denomination we all follow the same god as long as uh oh here's dj convoy everybody uh hey. oh wow thank you man deza oh man i Thanks, it's a combination of me and daza i think uh darren wadsworth who i had on the show a couple weeks ago oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. or last week last week it was the times all all so i want to ask you something um so uh first of all uh, just to clarify um so i'm not familiar i don't know how big longfields community church is but um is it do you have more than one pastor are you the lead pastor or are you the youth pastor or i am the only staff member okay only staff so oh wow so it's a, okay so it's a small church Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good, yeah. good spot to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're like the rate right in one of the suburbs of Ottawa. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a small church, but they were planted in 1998. Okay. So they're, so, re they're relatively young speaking. Uh, so uh, like a, from a diff from a bigger church. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I believe so. I don't know the full history yet. I'm still catching up on that. Fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, they've been around for since 1998. And wow. technically, they don't have a church building. Uh, oh, okay. They, they, um, they have... So what ended up happening was they, they would meet in like school gyms or rent other churches and those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Yep. And just before the pandemic hit... Uh, they decided, well, they, it would actually worked out well. I think it was actually, no, it might have been a while before that. I don't, really, I don't know the exact timeline, but it ended up working out very well. Uh, but they ended up buying like something like 10 years ago, uh, mm -hmm. a, a farmhouse, basically, oh. uh, like a, a plot of land, and they got a good plot of land, and they own it. Like, okay. there's, there's no mortgage or anything like that. So you just got to build a building. Bingo. And yeah. uh, on on that land is uh, something like a, it was one of those um, kind of like the farmer dome type things, a Quonset hut, as they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, when they were saying that, when they were introducing me, I thought they said Kwanzaa hut, and I was still confused. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then I was like, but it sounds kind of like Quonset. I had to look up what yeah. it was, and I was like, oh, of course, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, we, we did the same thing at our church. Um, so okay. I went to the church that I was at from uh, the time I was like eight years old to 40 with a few, you know, minor, uh, what's the word, dalliances where I was away from the church for a little while. Um, but our church, we bought a plot of land. It was in an area that was completely like nothing around it. And but we just thought, you know what, if we ever decide we want to build a bigger church or do a church plant like you're talking about, this would be a perfect spot for it. And what ended up happening was the city of Winnipeg decided that they wanted to build where we were. So we either had a choice to keep our land and fight the city or take their money and negotiate with them to sell the land back to them. And I guess what they did, because at the time the church hadn't been growing as fast as people had thought it would. So they ended up selling it and, you know, making a pretty decent profit and then using that money to do improvements to the church building that we already had. So okay. they, yeah, I don't go to that church anymore, but they're still there. Uh, they've changed their name now. And, uh, 
yeah so that that is kind of cool so so you are so you guys still own this land are you yes. in the process now of trying to figure out how to get a building on there so uh well i'll tell you about how we meet first sure yeah yeah we, yeah we either, we either meet during on the hut in the hut during the summer months mm -hmm. uh so this is before i got there or we meet in, hut. yeah or, or in the uh, <laughs> the uh farmhouse yeah yeah uh itself and uh that's where we meet during the winter so it's warm and um, it worked out really well in some ways uh, for us during the pandemic because we didn't have the overhead costs of having a building. Mm -hmm. So all we had to do was maintain what we were doing with the, the house uh, during the winter, which is heating it basically mm -hmm. um, and repairs as necessary. Uh, but they, before I got there, so a lot of things had to come together for me to be the pastor here that, like it's not a coincidence like yeah i i mean we're christians we believe in providence yeah. we believe god acts and and brings things together and um like even even me being where i'm at right now like the the whole thing that happened with the previous school then working at sobeys for three years then returning for a second master's degree at uh, acadia divinity college and uh i did that online in nova scotia um even the circumstances around that, all of that really led me to right where I'm at. Like, if none of that happened, I don't know if I'd be here right now. And, oh, sorry, hit my mic. Were you knocking on wood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, like, the, the just the circumstances around it. And then when – so I was working at Rogers before, before this while I was uh, interviewing at various churches around the Maritimes. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't working out. And I saw a church in Ottawa and I thought, I'm going to apply there. I, I don't know if I'm going to fit what they're looking for because I think they're looking for someone more experienced than me, but I'm going to try anyways. Mm -hmm. And I got a message back from them like in late May or early June of uh, this year. So six months ago, thereabouts. And they said, we got it. We're, we're decided to take a break for four weeks and pray over the resumes we've received. And uh, they originally wanted a pastor by July 1st. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least that's what it was marked on the um, uh, the form that I, the advertisement anyways, within, within the church circles that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, anyways, they decided to take that break for a month. And I thought, that's interesting. And all the churches I've interviewed, none of them have said that to me before. And so I was already intrigued by them. And then I got my, then they sent me a questionnaire just to answer about my beliefs, how I'd respond to certain situations, those kinds of things. Of course, so I responded yeah. to that. And they were telling me, I know this now, in the process, they it was being narrowed down and I kept making the cut and they kept coming back to me. Every time they came back to me, I was like, well, no, we got to, we got to keep him in the, the pool. Oh. And, uh, and then it came down to like three people and I had my first interview uh, at, at, before, just before that. And then uh, they did, wanted to do a follow-up interview and I did the second interview and it went exceedingly well. And yeah. that's when they decided that I was the guy and they presented me to the congregation and they voted in favor and now I'm here. Oh, but, wow. but uh, even that, um, like, so I left Rogers in March of 2020. 
Wow. And, and uh, so I was without work from March until December. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was very fortunate uh, because EI agreed with me quitting Rogers. Okay. Uh, okay. That's our employment insurance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of circumstances around it, but they were basically, anyways, the, the EI agreed with me quitting. They thought it was the right choice for me. And so I got full EI until uh, the middle of October. And as I was as I was on EI, I was doing the job interviews and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> the week after, the week after my EI ended, I got the job at the church. Wow. And That's crazy. I, had, I had just enough money, just enough money to move myself to Ontario and keep myself sustained until December. Yeah. Uh, it was like exact amount pretty much That's crazy um, that's actually so, okay so that that story right there actually is a good lead into um something i wanted to talk to you about and and i had this this story came to my mind when i was having the chat with kevin mm -hmm. um on uh, on monday and um and and i wanted to save it for this one. Oh my goodness there's our buddy joe joe uh our editor at hey, f4w yes. you're on f4w right Yes, I am. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. I cover NWA for them. So, yeah. All right. So, anyways, um, so I have, um, I, I grew up, uh, in a, you know, a Christian family. Um, actually, it was Catholic originally. And then they all, which I guess is Christian too, but, um, they, they became affiliated with Pentecostal church when I was very young and they all got baptized. And, um, so what, uh, my aunt Dallas was a very uh, spiritual figure. Uh, she might even be watching. I think she watches the occasional one of these. So I hope she watches this one. And uh, her and uh, my uncle Val, who has passed away, they were not very well off. Um, they did their best. They worked hard. They raised the family, but there was always paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, uh, but she would take us all in. She would do Bible studies in her house. And and uh, my cousin Charlene and myself and our friends would all go. And this this helped me, you know, grow up. And I remember at those Bible studies praying that I'd find a wife. And, you know, God answered that prayer. And very young, actually. And then, you know, I got married. And we were struggling for a, a long time and uh, financially. And my my I had a conversation with my aunt one time. And she's like, are you guys tithing? And I said, well, no, we can't afford to tithe. Like we give money whenever we can, but we just, we don't have enough money. Like 10% of our income is a lot of money and we just don't have it. And she says, okay, you're thinking about this the wrong way. She said, you know, you think, okay, you got to pay your rent. You got to pay your hydro. You got to pay, you know, your phone bill, your telephone, whatever. Um, your first bill is the tithe. And I, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, how do you do that? And I said, she said, I don't know how we do it. She says, when you look at our bills, we, if you add them all up, they add up to more than what we make. But our first bill that we pay is our tithe, and then we do the rest, and it works out for us. So I made a decision at that point that we were going to start tithing, and we were going to give 10% of our income to to um, to God, like we're told to do in the Bible. And it wasn't easy at first, but we did it. And then every once in a while, like they say, you're supposed to give offerings as well. The Bible says tithes and offerings. So it's your 10% and then offerings is over and above that. And we've had times where 
I remember we were at church one time and there was like a really good cause we wanted to donate for and we barely had any money and and I go to my wife and I'm like like how much do we have and she's like well I got 50, 60 dollars in my in my pocket but you know I was planning on using that for this or whatever and maybe we can donate it and you know hopefully things work out so we donate it the next day we get a phone call and a um I think it was a musical instrument that we had put away to sell on layaway from a local music store, we got a call that day and they sold it. And it was the exact amount of money that we had donated the day before. <laughs> like, you know, and you're looking at me like, you know, you know, this is true. Like, yes. and, and so the, the, the bottom line of all this is at the time that we started tithing, I was working as a courier and I was making, I was work, working on commission. So I had my expenses and, you know, that were all write-offs and everything. So when you looked at my pre-tax ink or my, after tax income, it, it wasn't very high. And my wife was working part time as a deli clerk. And so our combined income, um, you know, some years like was very low. And there have been years in the past five years where we have tithed more than we were making at the time we started tithing. Um, so that is how much God has changed things for us financially and not just financially, but like we were struggling to raise two children. And now, like we, we, since that time, we've brought in four children that weren't ours that we've raised. And we, we would not have been able to do that in the position we were in, not just financially, emotionally, uh, work-wise, the house we were in, like everything, like not literally nothing. And this is all, you know, and this, and what my, my, my aunt had explained to me, the way she explained the tithing, not just that it was a command, but that she said, God wants to bless you. And God wants to send blessings down. But when you are not sending your tithes up, there's like a blockage. And so when when he opens, when you open your hands and send the tithes up, he opens his hand to receive them and he sends blessings down. But if you're not sending the tithes up, the blessings aren't coming down. I, I think that's how she put it. But it was true. <laughs> you and, know, and and I, it should be noted, too, that the blessing isn't always material. Like no, correct. money or anything like that. In many cases, it's just seeing God do stuff in people's lives, like through it, like, like I, raising and, four kids, like yes, you know? exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and uh, you know, like uh, I, the New Testament never gives a specific figure on what we're what we should tithe. That's an Old Testament figure, the ten percent. Yeah. Uh, and so, my, my practice on it is give according to your conscience. Mm -hmm. But so I, I'm not going to condemn someone if they give less than 10%. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I will always say to someone, if you have to choose between paying your rent and giving money to the church, pay your rent. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I, I say it practically. It's like, yeah, don't worry. We'll be okay. And and that's really a step of faith on, uh, on your part. Yeah, yeah. God, God will take care of us. Don't worry about it. Uh, and, and there are times where where we need, when we're in need and we need help, that we can help others. And, and so my, my philosophy on giving and all those kinds of things is if I'm in a position, I have been in a position of great need before, and my church has paid my rent for me before. Mm -hmm. I've done that. Uh, not this current church, but the church I attended back in New Brunswick. Um, and, but I have also been in the position, fortunate enough, to pay rent for someone before who needed help. And, and so my really, there are times like, it's like Paul said, um, I know how to be content 
in need or or and, and he's talking about the apostle paul not me yeah yes <laughs> the apostle paul not paul fontaine yeah. <laughs> uh, gravidez gravidez kayfabe bro yeah oh sorry sorry <laughs> no, just kidding. no no i'm just kidding everybody uh, knows so uh yeah it's uh, like we talk about how um, I know how to be content basically in whatever situation, whether I'm in want, in need, or if I have plenty. And the contentment rests in Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's like in Christ knowing that he will take care of us right to the very end, uh, including welcoming us home when our time comes, um, even under even if it's under tragic circumstances. It's, it's God is always going to be there taking care of us uh, right to the very end. And uh, and I think living like that really transforms how you take care of other people because you know you know when you're doing it you're not only are you honoring God but you're uh, showing the grace that He has shown you mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah, and uh, that that's kind of like a driving force behind a lot of the things that I do. Uh, whether it be conversations with uh, people who disagree with me or whether it be giving my time or my money or all those kinds of things. It's, I always want to, to give graciously because God has been gracious with me. And that's, that's kind of the attitude that we have. And now that, you know, we're doing better and stuff like we, you know, we try to do nice things for people, you know, whether they ask for it or not, uh, sometimes you just get a sense that somebody needs something and you just, you want to help them. And if you are in a position that you can help them, you know, thanks to the blessings God's given you, then, you know, then you're in a position to do that. And then sometimes you need help. Um, I've had many, many times in my life where I needed help. Um, you know, when we were struggling, like, uh, it was, I don't know if it was, yeah, it must've been before we started tithing. Um, but my aunt, a different aunt, um, she basically, um, help me to the to uh pay a fine that i had to pay that if i didn't pay it i wasn't gonna be able to do my job and uh so she she did a leap of faith and paid me we paid her back as soon as we possibly could even though she said we didn't have to but you know that's how we felt we needed to she just said you know what at some point somebody down the road is going to need your help and maybe you'll, you can help them and that's the way kind of she's always lived um she's a she's been a board member at our church i i, I talked about her a little bit in the in the last thing um, there was another, there was a time where we went on a trip. We had booked our, it was our first trip that we'd booked in a long time. We took the whole family. We booked to go to, uh, I think it was Jamaica and we paid like, it was like five grand on this, on this trip. And that was a lot of money for us at the time. This was, this was shortly after we got two of the four kids that we had. So we were all going to go as a family, six of us. And, uh, about a week before we were supposed to go. Uh, still hadn't got our tickets. Uh, we had arranged to a travel agency and we we're calling the travel agent and he's, he's dodging our calls or he's answering. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get them to you next week, whatever. Long story short, it was a scam. He had spent our money on someone else. Um, it was, oh. and it was he, yeah, oh. he ended up getting charged. And the scary thing was the guy that we booked with, he wasn't the owner of the travel agency, but he was the former youth pastor at our church. Oh and, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no. So what we ended up doing oh. was yeah. Well, it gets there's a there's a nice moral to or there's a nice ending to this. So we we ended up um you know, we really wanted to go on this trip 
And uh, and so we just decide, you know what, let's see if we can get a, an increase on our credit card limit and we'll just, we'll pay it and then we'll just spend the next two years paying it back, you know, like, because we really promised the kids we were going to go, all this stuff. So we, we booked it. We, we booked this trip. We went on our trip. It was, we had a, we had a nice time. I won't say we had a great time. We were in a three-star resort because that's all we could afford. And, you know, six of us for five grand for two weeks in Jamaica, like, you know, we were stretching the dimes pretty thin. But, uh, and then we, on the way back, there was problems with our plane and it ended up like it, from the time we left the resort to the time we landed in Winnipeg, it was 30 hours oh. and we were awake the whole time. You know, we couldn't sleep because we kept getting moved around and all this stuff. So anyways, we had asked for my aunt to pick us up at the airport. This the same aunt that was a board member on the thing. So she picked us up at the airport and, uh, and she gave, she handed me a card and she said, here, you know, we just got you a card. Welcome back, whatever. I think it was like our anniversary. So we just assumed it was like an anniversary card, whatever. Great. Get home. We, we open this card and there's a check for $7,000 and our aunt and a bunch of other people in our family, people in our church, they had all donated money because they knew what had happened to us. And basically it was enough money to pay the whole trip. And so I could be mad at the people that scammed us out of the money, but if they hadn't scammed us out of the money, we would not have this memory and we would not have know how much these people cared about us and loved us. You know, um, and, uh, you know, we never got that money back. Like, the, you know, went to the police and the money was gone. Like, there was just nothing they could do. But, you know, like, we got our trip. We knew how much our people loved us. And, you know, and they sacrificed. And we appreciate that because they never got that money back. Like, you know, um, and I guess, you know, maybe we could have paid them back. I didn't even thought of that. <laughs> but they told us, like, <laughs> we're not paying us back. And we had no idea, like, who gave what or anything, right? Um, mm. But, and, you know, at the time, like we couldn't have afforded to pay them back. You know, we probably could now if, if, if I even remembered who it was, I just remember like just how loved we felt and how great it was. And, uh, it was just, uh, awesome. And again, that's God, right? Like that's not yeah. us. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's like, and a lot of people, you know, they can say that and, and say, you know, oh, that's just people being nice, but it's like, I, I see that as God working through people. Uh -huh. and, and and laying things on their hearts to, to do like as a, an example, because uh, what you said actually reminded me of something that happened in my old church. Um, I went. So actually, I'll tell a bit of that story, too. Uh, when I graduated from uh, um, ABU Crandall in uh, 2008, I when I was getting ready to start my master's degree. Uh, I got a summer grant to work uh, at a church uh, called well, the one I ended up attending. Um, and anyways, I, I was, it was really my first leadership posi position. Uh, I, I got into the church. I volunteered in other positions at other churches, but this was, um, they, they took me in and within two weeks, the pastor asked me to preach. So I preached my first sermon there. Uh, and there's a funny story, uh, um, a family from, um, Myanmar, uh, we just came to Canada, came into the church that day, didn't understand a bit of English. And I joke that if they understood English, they probably would have never came back because my sermon was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> because it was everyone's first sermon is terrible for uh, pastors. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, 
they they're uh, they're still there now, and we actually been able to help them significantly. We we've helped them bring more of their family over from Myanmar and all that to here. Awesome. Uh, but uh, anyways, um, I ended up going to this church until uh, until November thirtieth uh, of this year, and I, I so was, I don't know how long it was. Uh, it's 2008, it's 12, 13 years, 13 years, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm just as bad at math as Brian, Brian Alvarez. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, uh, anyways, um, that when I, it was a, right when I started my second, oh, maybe it was before that. Anyways, at some point I needed a computer. Uh, yeah, actually, no, it was right when I started my second master's, somewhere around there, or right in the middle of it. And one lady just comes up to me, an older lady in the church, and she says, God's told me to buy you a laptop. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> what? She goes, let's go. And I was like, okay. And so it was right after Sunday service, I hopped in her car. And we went to Future Shop, and she bought me a laptop that day, and it lasted me for the entire degree. So, oh, my Lord. Wow. Uh, it was like complete that's, generosity. Well, that that's like, I mean, I don't know if you, the story I told on the last episode with Kevin, like where, you know, like someone spoke to, God spoke to of somebody that, you know, I was casual friends with, but, you know, I wasn't like great friends with him. And it basically changed my life, you know, and he didn't even know it. Um, he was mm -hmm. just you know, listening to God. So, um, it's crazy. You know what? We're like, we went over 30 minutes already and I told oh, you I wasn't going to keep you longer than 30 <laughs> times time flew. Um, uh, but I do want to, I do want to, before we go, I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about what you do. Cause I don't even know. And it's fascinating to me that a pastor is like as big a fan of wrestling and doing wrestling writing and stuff. <laughs> so, um, I know you mentioned that you're doing the NWA stuff for F4W and that's cool. Um, yep. we're, we're colleagues there now. Um, I'm trying to get on, I want this show or something. One of the shows I do, I'm trying to get picked up by F4W. Don't tell Garrett. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> no, I just, he'd be thrilled if I did, um, uh, you know, cause he does shows over there too. But what, what else are you doing? Cause I know you do, you do other stuff too. And even the WR central, is that like a website? Uh, it was at one point oh. I had a blog, okay. uh, that, so th this is actually how I got into writing. Uh, yeah. Uh, right after um, it was in 2014, I got back into wrestling after a while uh, being away from it. Uh, I I got really into MMA from like 2007 until 2013 ish, um, and uh, I I would occasionally watch Ring of Honor if I could find a, a New Japan show. I'd occasionally watch it, but I was pretty much done watching WWE at that point. Sure, and sure. uh i like i mean i was primarily a wcw fan growing up anyways uh, uh over the, the wwf um so it really uh like I, I watched ring of honor quite a bit uh in that time frame but uh yeah and i watched tna uh, but the hogan <laughs> era turned me away from tna uh at first i was very excited for it and then it just went off a cliff and uh, so, yeah, I had several years where I wasn't really watching wrestling, but one of my friends would invite me over to watch all the major WWE pay-per-views, so I, I would go. 
yeah. and uh, for whatever ones. And occasionally we'd go see one in the theater because we had them in the theaters here for forever. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was the Royal Rumble 2014, and it was uh, the one that the crowd completely turned on everything but Daniel Bryan. Right. Yeah. And or Brian Danielson. And uh, I watched that show and I was simultaneously appalled at the bad booking in the main event of the Rumble and intrigued because clearly something was happening with Brian Danielson. And yeah. little did I know this guy from ROH, I didn't expect him to be one of the biggest stars in the world of wrestling because he was not a guy who WWE would want. No. And, uh, and like he, he never fit their. Um, was that the year that Roman won and then Rock tried to put him over at the end? Or was no, that no, that, that was the next year. That was okay, the next okay. Year. Okay, uh, but this the, was the year uh, of Yeslemania. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, because the, um, yeah, the network started that year. Yes. And yeah. uh, for WrestleMania that year, uh, I the network wasn't in Canada yet at that point, but uh, uh, I, I, used, I used a VPN to get it. I was going to say, it was for some of us. Yeah, uh, and it was like, well, I was still paying for it. It's oh, not yeah, like, no, I've, I've paid to this day. Like, yeah, yeah uh, so I uh, I paid for it and gladly paid for it. And it was yeah. during that I started watching some of the retro shows as well, the retro Raws and Nitros that were showing up. And I yeah. thought, hmm, maybe I could just review some old Raws and Nitros on a blog or something like that. And that's where WR Central came from. So that was Wrestling okay. Review Central. Uh, and uh, it just kind of stuck since then. Um, and... Kids, kids call it Substack now, right? So sorry. Kids call it Substack now. Substack, yeah, yeah. I was doing a WordPress, WordPress. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was, I was just having fun with it. Uh, like that's all I was doing, uh, and I ended up taking it down eventually because I, I didn't renew the domain. But right. Um, yeah, I got I got to do that with MMA draws. I, I think I paid for five more years without even realizing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I. I might start it up again eventually. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, during that, I was just experimenting with different things. Like, And uh, it got the attention of Daily DDT eventually. Uh, oh, yeah. So I had been writing for Daily DDT this January for four years. Is, and, that, is that a paying gig? Uh, per click. Pay per click. So oh, okay. it's not well, a lot. It's like about five yeah. bucks a month, something like that. But hey, you know what? It's $5. It's yeah. yeah. It buys you a cup of joe. Exactly. And, uh, and so I've been, uh, just before I got the gig at daily DDT, um, the, the observer site put up, uh, looking for a new Japan recapper. And uh, one of my friends ended up getting it, uh, Ethan Renner. He's one of the yep. editors as well. Yep. Uh, uh, he's the one who got the, got the position there. Uh, but so, but, uh, I was one of the people that also applied, but that put me on the radar of Josh Nason. Yeah. And, uh, I said, Look, if you have any openings for recappers or anything like that, just let me know. And and uh, I started writing a daily DDT, and what in January of uh, 2017, 16, something like that. I don't really remember for sure. Um, and it was a like a month after that, Nason contacted me and said, "Do you want to recap Lucha Underground?" Oh, and I and I said, "Yes, absolutely, I do." And so I jumped on that. And then when Lucha Underground closed down, it became, I just filled in for whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I was one of the guys they had just as a, to, to be tagged in when someone else couldn't recap show. Yeah. Uh, so I've done that. 
Yeah, uh, like so I recap. Oh my gosh, I only did raw once. I only did raw once and never again. <laughs> I I applied for that raw job and I'm so glad I didn't get it. Um oh. like you have no idea. I um I I was doing Ring of Honor for years there and then, you know, and then I started in on the MMA stuff and then I was kind of doing both and then I guess they wanted to bring on some other writers so Josh is like, you know, like if you want to not do ring of honor anymore. Like, you know, you can just stick to MMA if you want. And I was also doing the ratings articles and, uh, and then I'm like, and you know, and then it was going to be the same, you know, um, whatever, you know, everyone's got a different deal. I think at the time I was just getting comped. And for me, I mean, Hey, I was paying, you know, whatever it was, 15, 14 bucks a month. And now I'm not paying that at all, paying that. So for me, that's like, I considered that pay plus it was experience. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, notoriety, you know, like you get your name out there and observers a big website and everything. And then, um, because there's, then I've, you know, I was doing the MMA stuff with Ryan Frederick and there's a show every week. And so we're doing every other week. I'm doing that. Plus I'm doing all the ratings articles. Plus I'm doing the stuff at fight game. And then I started doing the podcast and it's like, you know, it's too much. And then, so I just, I said, Hey, you know, if Ryan wants to just do the MMA, and then I'll just do the ratings. And now there's like ratings articles almost every day. But I got to <laughs> tell you, like, and this is my long way of getting to my point. Um, I, I'm i so glad that I don't have to do those recaps anymore. Like, I don't, I, I, you guys, like, you do such a good job. And I, I, I don't think, like, I read back some of the stuff I did. And I think it was pretty good. But I couldn't do it. Like, I just, I'm, cause you have to sit and watch it like live. Mm -hmm. I don't like to watch anything live. And so for me, like that extra 20, 30 minutes I save by not watching commercials or video packages or whatever, like that's valuable time for me and I'm getting paid the same. So, uh, you know, for me, that's what it's all about. So that was the first thing I asked, like, if I stop doing the MMA coverage, uh, is it going to affect my bottom line? And they're like, no, no, you're cool. And I'm like, okay, then we're, we're doing this. And Ryan was more than happy to cover every show because he's doing the Wrestling Observer stuff too. So, Yes, um, yeah, because he's covering it for Dave, so he may as well. Right. Yeah, he's uh, got to cover the show. And he watches live anyways. I never watch live. Sometimes I catch up live and you see my tweets on the screen. Like, you still in MMA or no? Because you mentioned that you were for a uh, while. I uh, Really, the thing that turned me off was when they changed the rules on steroids for John Jones, and that was pretty much it for me. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Like I'll still watch the occasional show. I still like it. Like if I, yeah. it, but uh, I was like, I don't really want to spend money on that. And, and no, uh, no, I don't blame you. And the same thing happened with a uh, crown jewel for, yeah. uh, for WWE. WWE. I was like, I don't want to put my money towards that anymore. And so I ended up getting like a subscription to, I don't know. Uh, uh, at that point it was the independent wrestling. Uh, yeah. TV, oh, Hey, but, and, and yet, there's so much good wrestling out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, and, uh, and like, why would I spend money on something I'm not enjoying? Right. So, uh, the, yeah. Um, I like, I don't my, know what my, this my, is, but I'm going to put it up anyways. I, I am assuming, <laughs> okay. I'm assuming that's spam. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? You want to spam us? I'll put it up. Uh, so yeah, I, for, uh, um, F4W, uh, it wasn't long after that, that the NWA was starting their show. And yeah. I, I just emailed Mason. I said, look, I, I don't really have a weekly gig at this point, but do you want me to do that? And uh, he said, sure. Uh, okay, cool. And so uh, the, that's what I've been doing there. I, I'm still just comped, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I, I'm doing it for fun. Like I'd, be, yeah. I'd, like I'd be watching these shows 
regardless. And it saves me 10, 15 bucks a month. So, yeah. Uh, well, and when I, you know, like I'm, I'm getting a little bit more than comp now, but when, when I was first, like it, I didn't even like, they just basically offered it to me and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say no, I wasn't, you know, say, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the amount of people that actually get paid to write on the internet is very, very low, low as compared yeah. to the amount of people that write on the internet. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and same thing with podcasting and, you know, like yeah. I'm doing this show for free and, uh, but it, I have so much fun doing it. And if it ever monetizes great, if it doesn't, I don't care. Like, it's you know, it's, fun, right? Exactly. Uh, and I'm uh, getting to talk to cool people and, you know, like we've never spoken and now, you know, I feel like I know you and, uh, I mean, we've gone, this is like the longest show now, so we got to wrap it up, but <laughs> I did this um, with David too. When he yeah, had me it's bucket. fine. It's fine. But <laughs> no, the fact is, is now I feel like I know you. And then the next time I have you on and hopefully you'll, you'll agree to do this again. Absolutely. Um, I'll know you. And then, you know, we can maybe go in a completely different direction, but yeah. I love this. I love this direction. I loved you talking about your background. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I was very curious about that and, and I didn't even have to ask the questions. You just went. You basically answered almost every question I was going to ask you without me asking. So there's God again. Uh, yeah, uh, you know this has been really fun, and uh, yeah. you know, like uh, we, we've talked like online over Facebook yeah. and Twitter for I don't know how long now, a year and a half, two years. years, something like that. Yeah. Well, actually, I, like I, I think I followed you on Twitter. Like uh, I subscribed yeah. to F4W in 2015. It wasn't long after that that I actually started following you on Twitter, uh, but. But I mean, like, since I joined the fight game group, we've, we've talked. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, one of the, um, I mean, I like everybody. Um, you know, I don't really, there's not, there's very few people I don't like in that group, but you're one of the people that I really respect. And, oh, wow. uh, and mm-hmm. I, and I really like, Oh, no problem. It's, it's well-earned. And I, I, um, so I respect your opinion. And so if you say something, it carries a little bit more weight with me, even if, you don't agree. And the fact, what I really like about you is that you respect other people. And yeah. so even the people that praise WWE for whatever reason, like you don't come down on them. You Not, know? At all. I, Not at all. If, yeah. they're, if they're loving the show. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me so happy. And uh, that, I mean, right. the show that we have on the, on the Patreon or no, it's not even on the Patreon. It's on the free feed that the rap, I mean, those guys, I mean, they'll, they'll criticize WWE, but at heart, they love it. So that's why the show's so much fun to listen to because they're just having a ball. And even when they're burying it, like they're having fun. And when it's great, they like it even more. So, yes, you know, absolutely. that's, I love just passionate fans. And yeah, yeah. But so. I, I will never, ever, ever tell someone who is loving WWE that they shouldn't love it. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't enjoy it myself, but <laughs> yeah. But the truth is, if you are getting true enjoyment at a professional wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. something that we all love, uh, that makes me happy. I, and if you're, ha- if you're happy, I am so happy for you. Uh, and, and I will encourage that. Uh, and, and if I disagree with something, like I, I try to do my best to disagree in a ver- respectful way. Like, and uh, and I, you've, you've always done that. So I appreciate that. So you know what? Let, let's wrap this because, again, you're 46 minutes. Wow. 46 minutes. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, crazy. Um, the show that I had uh, that will I recorded it the other night, and it'll air on Friday with uh, Lance Storm. So that's Ooh. that's the next one. You're, you're the warm-up act for Lance. Um, he said at the end of the thing, he's like, he couldn't believe it. But the, the nice thing is I told him we'd be 20 to 30 minutes, and we wrapped at 29.58. So he's like, <laughs> you got it in. You're a pro. And I'm like, hey, you know, I, and it was a total accident. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll claim it. I'll you claim you it. could just say Brian trained you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's another landslide. 
So uh, for Josiah, I have been Gramp Grandpa Des, and this has been... Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des. And... Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des. Hey, Kevin, there's that big <laughs> smile. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Good, it's something good. else to hear that hear that theme song live. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. Um, I do it live every time. I, every time, until I get sick of it, until I, I invest some money in some recording equipment, I record it. Um, so what are you drinking? You got anything? I just have uh, just water tonight, because hmm. it's late here, you know? Yeah, late, late here, too. too. But I, don't, I don't know how you drink caffeine this late. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's um, it's it's like Ritalin, um, you know, like if you took Ritalin, it would you'd be all hopped up, and with me, it calms me down. So I drink gotcha. caffeine all night, and then I go to sleep. If I don't drink caffeine, I can't sleep. So let's go through withdrawal. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's good to have you on, buddy. Um, I uh, we've we've never actually met face to face. Right. Um, but I wanted to, I, I was going to get this ready and damn me, I didn't prepare. Um, I've actually been, now you're in Oklahoma city Yep. or, okay. Oklahoma city, so yeah. I've actually, I've actually been to Oklahoma, Oklahoma city. Man. You have? Oh, yeah. Um, so it was, uh, just before the pandemic, um, okay. my, my, our family drove down to, uh, Dallas mm -hmm. and it was just, <laughs> my wife was watching nine one one Lone Star and decided that that place looked a lot warmer than Winnipeg. And yeah. we had uh, some holidays coming up. So we said, let's just drive down there because she knew I had done it for WrestleMania a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, we drove down and uh, on the way back, we went through Oklahoma city and my wife says, we can't go to Oklahoma city and not go visit the, um, the site of the bombing. So oh, that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. So I go a through picture. the museum or, or just no, the, uh, just, okay. Just the outside. Uh, we took some pictures. I'll, uh, I'll find them and, uh, send them to you. Maybe even put them up on Facebook, uh, uh, on as a compliment to the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that would be the closest we ever came to meeting, even though we hadn't, didn't even know who each other was yet at that point. Yeah. You were, let's see, you would have been probably two miles from my house. Oh, wow. Three, about three miles. So yeah. Could have driven by. I was yeah. surprised at how like driving through there, mm -hmm. like just kind of how, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to use the wrong word here, but it's not the greatest part of town. Um, like, yeah. I, you know, it's, I don't, uh, so I was kind of comparing it to areas that we have here in Winnipeg and, um, the, I mean, the town itself looked nice. It was cold. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was January or was it January? No, it was early February, I think. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, cause it was right when we were in Dallas, that was right when, uh, your former president was telling everybody that, oh yeah, this is all mm -hmm. fine. It's a flu. It'll be gone in yeah. two weeks. <laughs> uh, little did we know little, <laughs> well, some of, a lot of us thought <laughs> little did he yeah. know. Like, little I guess did we'll he know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so how, how you been, um, you know, keep, keeping up through this. I mean, this is kind of when we developed our friendship uh, that we have online. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really has been um, just, uh, you know, being home a lot that first year, um, you know, in Oklahoma, we didn't lock down very long. Okay. Uh, and, um, and, and it was fine for a while and then it wasn't. Um, but yeah, that's, that is where I spend a lot more time online and, and 
I think I joined the I think I joined the Fight Game Facebook group a little bit in 2019, but okay. I didn't really start engaging a lot until then. And it's so funny to like um, all the relationships I made with like with you and other people in the group is probably have been just like you drove by my house recently. <laughs> like I've probably been around you guys for decades, you know, yeah. because I was yeah. in like the AOL boards back in the day, Death Valley driver boards. Um, RSPWF kind of never was in that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't that old school, but okay. I was in the AOL grandstand back in the, yeah, I did uh, that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so there's probably like interactions that we probably had had under pseudonyms or something that that i never even knew are you uh what about f4w have you been subscribed yeah, i was there? around that a lot i've been yeah i subscribed to that i think in 2005 since 2005 oh wow wow yeah. so you're old school yeah it was funny I, when my when my first kid was born from the hospital i sent like a bulk email to like everyone i knew and i accidentally included brian alvarez because i just typed in <laughs> brian <laughs> and and an emailed him and i got like a really sweet email back from him he's like congratulations oh, nice. <laughs> he is the nicest guy in the world i mean uh there's so many things he does for people that uh you don't you know you don't even hear about uh when my daughter uh not emily my oldest daughter mm -hmm. alicia was sick earlier this year he sent me like a text really nice text and just like keep me updated he said like any updates let me know right away Very like cool. and you know, yeah. And I, you know, I've developed a pretty good friendship with him over the years, but you know, when it was first started, I mean, we, you know, it's basically just a fanboy, <laughs> you know, yeah. just excited to meet him and Dave and, and stuff. So, um, I want, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and, uh, mm -hmm. normally, you know, I let the guests lead the conversation. If there's anybody, anything you want to talk about in specific, um, we'll, we'll get to that, but, um, it says here on your bio that you can see on the bottom of the screen and you know what, mm -hmm. I should put up this too, cause this is both of us, but we'll still see your scroller. Um, that's, uh, the, where we both have podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. well, you're not on the Patreon, but it's all kind of supported by the same thing. Yeah. I'm not the premium um, content. Yeah. Well, you know what? It all feeds <laughs> each other because you don't get yeah. paid if people don't go on the Patreon and right. same with me. So, um, so you're with life church. Mm -hmm. And, um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, um, and it's a very basic question. Um, mm -hmm. are you, are you a minister? No. Okay. Not legally okay. or or day to day. I'm a uh, so I'm a creative director for our media team. Okay, so you um, do like the like the powerpoints and you put up the words for the songs and do the video broadcasts and stuff. Yeah, that stuff is that's actually a separate team. So Life Church okay. is a pretty big, uh, what you would call a mega church. We hate calling it a yeah. mega church, but it's uh, got 39 locations around. Oh wow! Uh, around the United States, and so. I work in a, what we call a central office and I head up all the pre-produced creative and media stuff like that. So I lead a team of 10 video producers um, oh, wow. who do all, we do all the kit, like kids curriculum, mm -hmm. uh, youth curriculum, worship videos, things like that. We do like lyrics in the background screen, things like that. Promotional stuff. Anytime we go to a new community or something, um, you know, do documentary things and things like that. So, so, so you, um, uh, so you got 39 churches, you said, and, mm -hmm. uh, you, you attend one of them, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I attend, and I work at, I work at one that has like a bunch of office space in it. And then I attend a different one. That's a smaller location. Okay. That's like about five months. There's like seven or eight in the city here. And, um, what, uh, denomination is it, or is it non-denomination? It's uh, you would you probably think of it as non-denominational. Technically, it's a denomination called the Evangelical Covenant. Mm 
which okay, is uh, okay. um, is sort of a pretty loosey goosey. I don't know, I'm probably insulting him by saying that. No, 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 no. I, I think I get a, what you're not, saying. Yeah, it's it's a pretty broad, pretty essentially non-denominational denomination. If that sounds any sense. It's well, like it's so what it sounds to or, me like. Or, you don't want to necessarily um, adhere to specific regulations that might be sent down by like a government, like the Pentecostal assemblies of, I don't even know what it's called there. Here yeah. it's Canada, you know, PAOC. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have other churches that probably have similar beliefs to us, but they're independent. I guess mm -hmm. it would be the best way to call it is almost like an independent. Right. Um, it's like, church. it's like a very, it's like a very small list of core beliefs. And then outside yeah. of that, what they say is you've, it's, uh, uh, Grace and non-essentials, or liberty and non-essentials, or something like that. So, okay, uh, but it's, it's very self-determined. Churches are very self-determined, yeah. but they're just more of an organization. To yeah, we have uh, we have a couple of those here in Winnipeg. They're they're not affiliated with each other, but I think they're similar. Um, one's called the Meeting Place, and then mm -hmm. there's another one called um, Springs, which is like probably maybe the biggest one here. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, they're huge. And, and, but, you know, I know a lot of people that I grew up with that went to the same church as me that are now going there. And mm -hmm. it's more like, because they're again, not necessarily tied down to a specific core right. belief. And I think like, I've always felt, um, I've been in church almost my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. grew up, uh, my parents were Catholic, but I, I grew up in Pentecostal churches, but I've right. always kind of felt like, that your relationship with God, Jesus is a personal one. So whether mm -hmm. you're, whether you're in a Pentecostal church or um, any, you know, denomination, the key is to have that personal relationship. And yeah. so for me, it's not really been about what the church tells me I should believe. It's what I believe. Now, right. if you become a member of a church, then, mm -hmm. you know, then you do have to, you know, you have to share some of those beliefs. Otherwise, I think you shouldn't be a member of that church. So right. um, I think I probably tie most closely to the Pentecostal, but there's definitely like, I'm not, you know, I have my own beliefs and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, if I question something, I question it and I have. In right. The past. So yeah, um, that's one of the things that we're, we're big on. Yeah. That is, um, is being a place that you can come and, and, and feel free to question things. Okay, and, cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, have you been in the church all your life? You know, I grew up, so I had a lot of ministers in my family. Um, okay. My grandfather was like a music minister. We're, I was from Mississippi, or was I am from oh. Mississippi originally. <laughs> so very Southern Baptist yeah. uh, upbringing. Um, but then church wasn't really a big part of my life until most of my growing up years until as an adult. And actually when I started dating my now wife, uh, we both came from Christian backgrounds. And uh, she was like, you know, I really think we should you know, it was starting to get to know each other. Well, let's start going to church together, kind of get started on the right foot. And we went to start going to Life Church, which had only been about three years old at that point. And probably about five years after that, the year we were going to get married, um, my then boss, I worked at a TV station and TV news at the time. And uh, um, we both started going to the church. And he said, hey, I'm going to leave to go start a video department there. And so I was like, okay, great. And then maybe like a year and a half later, he's like, I need to hire someone. Do you want to come over? And I was like, I work for a church. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was 20 years ago. I've been there ever oh, since. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's now I've done the last church that I was in. I didn't 
work for them, but I, mm. I probably did more work than most of the people on the payroll. I was involved yeah, in a lot, a lot of different things. <laughs> that's pretty common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was on the worship team. I did mm -hmm. offering counting. I volunteered at youth group. I think I even did some Sunday school. Um, mm. So we were super involved and, and it's crazy. Like I've told this story before, but I don't think I've told it to you. And I don't, I definitely haven't told it on this show. So I maybe it feels like a good spot to tell it. This was about, I'd say like around 2010, I was starting to, you know, I mentioned the questioning things and, you know, I was questioning mm -hmm. a few things, but I was super involved with everything in church. And I just like, I, I, I really enjoyed what I was doing and I felt it was important. And, and so I didn't want to stop. And I'd been going to this church since I was eight years old and mm -hmm. I'm like pushing 40 at this time. Man. And, and I, I, my aunt who uh, was a board member of the church, um, you know, I would talk to her whenever I'd have issues and, you know, and she told me a few times, you know, you know, every once in a while people need to make a change and maybe you should think about that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you know what? I'm really tied to this church. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, you know, we'll support you and all that. And then, you know, something happened and it just came to a head and it was like a personal thing with our family and with the pastor and stuff. So we ended up leaving and we found a new church and we were going to go check out a bunch of different churches. And literally the first one we found, we fell in love with. And, and we started going, we've gone ever since, but since I started going to this new church, we don't do anything. We show up <laughs> on Sunday. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, I felt along the way, like maybe we should do some stuff, but you know what happened right after that is, um, my daughter, we got Emily and, uh, mm. you know, you know about Emily and most mm -hmm. people watching this probably do too. Um, and the way it were all worked out, it, it was just crazy. There was a guy who had been on the worship team with me at my previous church. And he was going to this church. And in January, one year, we had missed church one week and he called me. He's never called me in his life. Mm -hmm. uh, I talked to him, you know, when we were on the worship team together, obviously and we were friends, but he'd never phoned me. He phoned me this week and he says, is everything okay? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, you weren't at church this week. And I was like, yeah, my wife had to work. And I just, I was lazy. I didn't come in. And he's like, oh, okay. I don't know. He said, I don't know why, but God put it on my heart to pray for you. And I don't know why, but I did. And I just want to make sure everything's okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're all good. Everything's fine. Thank you. You know, like I'll be there next week. I'll say hi, everything. Right. So, you know, I didn't think much about it. And uh, August of that year, my sister gives birth to Emily. Uh, it was a month early. She almost died in childbirth. Emily was without oxygen. She was put into a medically induced coma in the hospital. They weren't sure she was going to make it out of the hospital. Um, while Emily was in the hospital, the baby was taken away from her and put in a foster home. And from that point on, Anne and I fought to try to get her with us because we had yeah. her siblings with us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, a couple months later, uh, around Thanksgiving in October, we, we finally got Emily. And then for some reason, I remembered back to that January, that would have been when Emily was conceived. Wow. And God, God put it on this guy's heart to pray for us. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew what we were in, what was coming. And the fact is, I had also just changed churches. If I was still in that other church doing all that other stuff, there right. is no way I could have, we could have taken Emily. I had also changed right. jobs. I worked at a bus company where I was working 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I got a government job where I'm working 7.25 hours a day. And I'm home every day by four o'clock. And we also had our, uh, sit, my cousin who, is adopted Emily's other two siblings 
she agreed to help daycare while while we were at work so it all worked out it was all god's plan yep and i had almost nothing to do with it and if you had asked me when i was (laughs) in the middle of working at this bus company and uh 14 hour days and doing like you know, working a full-time job at the church, are you going to be able to look after a kid with special needs? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. And my mm-hmm. wife works like, you know, she works mm-hmm. like 12 hour days at the grocery store. So it all worked out. And uh, it was, it was just amazing how, you know, and that's, I mean, there's been so many things in my life that have, and I imagine you have stuff like that, you know, yeah, where, you know, 20 one, years one in of the church. <laughs> yeah. One of the stories I tell, especially with new people that come on, um, on staff is, is tell them two things. Number one, don't let the organization of, of the church replace the organism of the church where it's, you know, exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, it's a club that you're serving in and doing all that. And, you know, someone's calling you to just check on you, not because, Hey, you missed and we're shorthanded, you know? (laughs) And, but also, uh, don't try to figure out what God's up to while he's doing it. You can only tell after it's done. And that's, that's, that's like, that's the story you're telling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, and I had, um, uh, you know, Craig from mm-hmm. the, um, the Brian and Vinny show, mm-hmm. he messaged me one time and just said, Hey, how's it, how are you doing? For some reason I've been thinking about you. And mm-hmm. at that time, like there actually was something going on. So I told him and, uh, and, and, you know, and he's the same thing. He's a man of God too. Right. And, uh, he gets teased about it on the Brian and Vinny show, but mm-hmm. he's cool with it. And, you know, and, and I think I get the sense you're the same and yeah, you got it, I'm man. the same. I'm not as, I'm not quite as high profile about it as you guys are. And mm-hmm. I got Josiah coming on the show on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. um, yeah, yeah. So I have a story I'm saving for him. That's okay. kind of in the <laughs> same realm. Um, I had, uh, one, a guy I grew up with. Um, uh, and this is why I, I, for some reason I thought you were a minister. So I was trying to get the three of you lined up for the same week and, uh, good friend Vern, and, uh, he may be watching cause he said he's, he's caught a few minutes of my show here and there when he sees me posting on Facebook. So Vern, hi, if you're watching, um, I grew up with Vern, he's a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. And the two of us were like the star kids in Sunday school. We got all the stars and and remember did all the memory verses and uh we were in this program called brigades you familiar with that Mm-mm, never heard of that like crusaders okay but but it was the boys version so it was okay. brigades and i think in the states it's for both you have crusaders for men for boys and girls yeah. but in up here it was brigades for boys crusaders for girls anyways okay. um we you know we were like i was brigader of the year one year and Vern probably got it the next year and stuff so we were like we were good friends and his brother was the same age as me so we were mm-hmm. really close growing up and as we got a little bit older it became pretty clear that he was kind of on a path to become a, a pastor and I kind of in my mind, I, you know, I, I kind of wondered about that. And I even kind of felt the calling at one point. Um, and then I kind of more or less ignored it and just kind of yeah. went on with my life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe a mistake, maybe not. I mean, I met my wife and, you know, I got kids and everything. So it all worked out. But mm-hmm. um, they um, but I, I very specifically remember. And there's a certain part of town that every time I go through, I think back. We there's a place called St. Patel Park, which is very close to our church. And we would mm-hmm. often go there on Sundays and I'm going, I'm going down this, it's like a highway. It's called Bishop Grandin. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the closest thing we have to a freeway in Winnipeg. And I'm going and like everybody I'm going, I've got a crowd full of my friends in the car and I'm going like a hundred uh, kilometers, which is 60 miles. The limit's 80, which okay. is 50. 
And we cruise past this car and I look over and there's Vern and he's going 80. You know, that's the speed limit. He's going 80. Mm -hmm. And I look over and I'm like, what a nerd. Why is he only going 80? There's no traffic here, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and it just hit me like not that second, but not too long after that, he's doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And mm -hmm. whether or not anybody's watching, God's watching and he's going to do mm -hmm. the right thing. And so after that, I kind of always had that in the back of my head that I would always do the right thing. It didn't matter if anybody was watching or not. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. I've, you know, I'm not perfect and I screw up all the time, but I always try to do the right thing whether yeah. or not anybody's watching, you know, because, you know, at least one person's watching. Right. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah. yeah, that always, that always sticks with me, um, with, yeah. with Vern and, uh, and I invited him on the show, but he, he's been a pastor for going on 30 years and he's like, no, I'd be way too nervous to do that. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You go up and, and you preach in front of people. He's yeah, but I write right. every word out. I can't right. think on my feet. And he said, and I'd just be sitting there looking at the camera going, uh, so, you know, Vern, if you're watching, sorry for calling you out on that, but yeah. um, I, easy, I Vern, love you. On. You're my buddy and uh, we will be friends for life. And I'm really good friends with his sister now. His sister mm -hmm. has a daughter with special needs that are in a lot of the same activities as Emily is. And mm -hmm. so it, it's weird the way life works um, because yeah. back then I, you know, she was a couple, little bit younger than me and I don't know, I probably had a crush on her at some point, but now we're yeah. just friends. So. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on the, just over the 20 minute mark now, anything you had in mind that you wanted to talk about, man, I don't know. I didn't even prepare really. I was, just yeah, no, I, I, to, I was kind don't. of looking forward to coming on and talking. I don't even know. Cause we are, every time we have interacted, it's always been on a certain well, topic. Hey, we can talk about wrestling if you want. I mean, we got a few minutes and, uh, you know, we both co-host shows about dynamite on the uh, mm -hmm. fight game media network as, as you can see there, I'll mm -hmm. put up the YouTube address here. Uh, yours is a little more, as you called it, a fanboy show. A little bit um, of a fanboy show, yeah. Yeah, but you also go a little bit more in depth into the company, AEW, All Elite Wrestling as a whole, whereas mm -hmm. uh, Jeff and I, we just basically talk about the one TV show. Um, mm -hmm. We'll do the pay-per-view recaps, although I think down the road, like we need to maybe mix up the teams a little bit and... You know, that would we be fun to do, a, show. do like a pay-per-view yeah. show together. Though. Yeah, like all four of us or three yeah. of us. I've or, never gotten know, to talk to Jeff. Yeah, maybe you and Jeff do one one time. Me and James do one, and me and you have already done a show together. So um, I gotta be honest, yeah. Jeff intimidates me. Really? Oh, when he's a cool to him. Dude. He's just he's just such a his 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 wit is just razor yeah. sharp. I have a hard time keeping up with him. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Um, he had the one line one one time though where I I popped him because um, we were talking about you. I think it might have mm -hmm. been off air, and he said. Uh, he said, oh, Kevin, yeah, I'm a big fan of his boss. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, you did a double he, take. He DM'd me uh, uh, right when we started the show and probably when he first heard first, like, just got on his radar or whatever. And when he saw my background, he had he had actually gone to see my pastor speak at a church in L.A., I think. Oh, so that's why he was familiar with him. Yeah, he's yeah. a, I mean, he's a church kid, you know, going back. I think he still goes, you know, like probably most mm -hmm. weeks from talking to him. Um, yeah. And James, I think, too, probably sounds like. I don't know for sure. I don't know if you've talked to him, but he's, he's a southern like boy you. like me. So sure. Yeah. It's in his blood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing how many of us there are, um, you know, like, I mean, we go, we try to go every week. Um, Emily, mm -hmm. With Emily, it's hard sometimes. If my wife's working, mm -hmm. I don't always make it because it's hard for me to get her ready. Um, mm -hmm. And then with the, 
new Omicron variant now where um, uh, they suspended in, in service uh, for the next three oh, weeks. Oh, did they? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think I, my gut says that they're just getting their ducks in a row. And it sure feels like the way the wind is blowing is that, you know, you're not going to be getting tested anymore unless you have symptoms and you know, yeah. it's, they're going to try to do life as normal, especially if we yeah. get like a treatment. Um, right. But yeah, AW, um, we got a, we got a big <laughs> show this week. Um, I think anyways, people are kind of writing it off. I don't know why, because it feels like a, feels like a pretty big, show. I don't either. I think, I think, I think top to bottom, it's probably gonna be more newsworthy than last week. Cause last week was a one match show. Well, I think we're getting a debut this week. Yeah. Um, I think it's Kyle. Maybe Riley. a couple. Yeah. 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 Briscoes maybe. And they're in North Carolina. That feels like a real good place to debut the Briscoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Kyle O'Reilly feels like he's the surprise guest or the Christmas present or whatever Adam Cole right. is calling it. Um, and then we got the big match, like Sting wrestling. Like that match is going to be awesome. That um, will be super fun. And David Crockett's going to be there. They announced. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, that. If you go to the uh, Should have been on Dynamite. YouTube. Yeah. No. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> yeah. Well, he uh, did a. He, didn't he broadcast? Didn't he do some broadcasting for them early on? Didn't he, he do did, like so just just today? They they have that new AEW control room thing mm-hmm. where he where's the control room and David Crockett was the guest and Tony and David did the control room together, which was super oh, fun. I mean, David wow. David isn't quite who he used to be in terms of being a broadcaster, but uh, but you know Tony's Tony was he, he was a little sharper than him, but he was still he was still entertaining, and it was just so nice to see him. He was never really a great broadcaster anyways. His whole shtick was he was just a big fan, kind of yeah. like Tony Schiavone is now. Kind of like Tony now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the same kind of role. So that that's really cool. I should I should check that out. Maybe I will. There's not yeah. much on. The Winnipeg Jets, uh, they had their games uh, canceled, so I'm not watching any hockey. Oh, man. Yeah, Raptors too. I must too. not have been paying much attention. I didn't realize. Oh, it's, it's cross-border stuff, right? So they're... I think, oh, like yeah. I said, I think the sports are just getting their ducks in a row. Like, I really mm-hmm. feel like the NFL is leading the way. Right away. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's the opposite. I think they're oh. developing. Um, I think they're developing a strategy to where they're going to ramp down their protocols. So, like, oh. players are going to be able to continue to play unless they have symptoms. That's just what I'm I thinking. See. Like, it's that's what the NFL is trying to pass. And yeah. I think once the NFL does it, then the NBA and the NHL mm-hmm. will follow suit. And then it's like, because right now it feels like half the league is out with um, yeah. with Omicron, but none of them are sick. Like, literally, nobody right. is sick. You know, that's the and, that's the weird thing about this way. This current one is like, yeah. it seems in in on one hand it's better, and one hand it's worse because it's. Basically, well, it's all the spreading. people have been getting vaccinated. It's spreading super fast, like 70 times as fast. Yeah. But it's but not it's, that bad unless yeah. it is. <laughs> well, if you're not vaccinated, it's right. bad. So yeah. I think if you're vaccinated, it's probably like the flu or maybe even less than the flu. Uh, but right. if you're not vaccinated, you know, it's way worse than the flu. And there's a chance mm-hmm. you could die, which I mean, there's right. always a even with the flu, there's a chance you can die. So, I mean, right. it, for me, it it's sounds just, like the flu. Like, you know, yeah. which is kind of what they said at the beginning of this, you know, right. what, you know, all and the if eventually that's thing, how it settles, then you just move on, you know, it's you know, just like it's just you, there's a vaccine. Flu. Yeah. Right. Take it if you want, if you don't want to take point. it. Yeah. And I think we're getting close. And especially if we get some treatment that people can mm-hmm. take to deal with the effects, like that'll be yeah. good. And then on yeah. uh, Christmas, we have the Cody Rhodes uh, title defense, which hey, uh, or, or child challenge, I should say, title challenge of uh, Sammy Guevara. So. That'll be taped uh, Wednesday, um, okay. but 
yeah, but then they're going to air it on Christmas Day. So I actually think I have a feeling that people are going to be surprised and the ratings are going to be really good on Christmas Day. Um, not so sure yeah. about this coming Wednesday, although they may be good because the NBA, I think the NBA game is canceled. The game that was going to okay. air against Dynamite, because I think it was the Raptors yeah. and the Bulls, and there's no cross border right now. for uh, for So I don't think the Raptors can play unless they just put a different game on there. Um, mm. But I, I guess we'll Hockey's see. Hockey's still on? Hockey's on, but only if it's American teams against American teams or Canadian teams I against see. Canadian teams. So okay. any Canadian American, so there probably is a hockey game, but it'll be after. Um, yeah. I don't think they would move Dynamite. I suppose they could. If there's no hockey game, they might. Yeah, I don't know if um, they would be like that. Yeah. Quick to um, change or anything. Well, I mean, if the game gets canceled, they'll move. And there are a yeah. lot of games are being canceled because of so many players getting COVID. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a chance. I mean, they, they could easily move it or, or just air like a repeat, you know. So, yeah, uh, we got that to look forward to. And, uh, you know, WWE, eh, you watch it. I mean, I was watching I've Raw actually, before. I, I kind of was terrible I, tonight. I I haven't watched it in a long time. I, I don't. I pretty once I started doing the podcast, I pretty much just cut all WWE out just because I was like, I'm good gonna for go you. start watching dark and all this stuff. So yeah, good like for I was you. like, I was just gonna cleanse my diet a little bit. So I still check in, I read the yeah. I read the the discussions and stuff, and I'll usually you know they post half the show on Twitter anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I so mean, like tonight I got to see, you know, I just on Twitter I saw um Bianca do her finisher on Dewdrop and stuff, which was really impressive. There you go. That's all you need to see. That's like, well, that's well, that's all I would have wanted to see anyway. So yeah, I mean, yeah, she did. like so many people on that show. Yeah, it, it, the show tonight was bad. Um, I, I've been really liking NXT lately, but um, a lot. Of, I think I'm on an island there. Um, I was with you for a while. Yeah, I was with you no. in the beginning. I was like, hey, I'm the. I, in my mind. What I decided it was was even though they didn't intend it this way, I was like, "This is the Saturday morning kids version." Like, oh, and there's yeah, a part yeah. of me that thinks they should just go that way, like just make it like, yeah, aim to like fourteen and under, like uh, that Saturday morning slam that they had a few years back. Yeah, yeah. My my daughter actually was into that for a while. Uh, my daughter Sydney, who you know, as soon as that show was over, I think that's probably the last time she watched wrestling. But she mm-hmm. was actually asking me to go to house shows and everything. Like she was really into it. Uh, Brian Danielson wrestled on there a few times and they used oh, wow. to not allow punches to the face. Like that was oh, really, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, that. it was, yeah. So it was cool. Um, yeah. so yeah, you know, we got to 30 minutes, so, um, yeah. I guess we, we can wrap it up and, uh, unless there's anything you want to add, uh, I can, uh, wrap her up. I, I could talk all night, but I don't, I don't even know what I'm, you know what, then I'll have to have you mind. back on. I'll have to have you back on. And I say this to most of my guests and if I don't say it, it doesn't mean I don't want you on. It just means I forgot to say it. So um, (laughs) check out Kevin's show. It's called the boom. It's uh, released every uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. It's free on all your major podcast platforms. Just search Fike media and uh, the boom, and you'll get a show by me uh, in the clinch, which I just finished recording this week's episode and a few other cool shows. So um, for Kevin, I am grandpa Des. And this has been Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des.